Good morning and welcome to Stony Brook Church on this first Sunday in Advent. We are so glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. I am Pastor Jennifer Casey and I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel. We want to thank you, Stony Brook, for continuing to support our new home project, uh, mission project that we have going on. And we are excited to let you know that Terrence, our most uh, recent recipient of um, the goods that we were able to donate to him is all settled in his new home. And we have another person that is transitioning into um, a new home. Her name is Pam. And we, as the Stony Brook community, have the opportunity to help Pam get settled as well. If you are interested in in helping assist Pam, you can go onto our website, stonybrook.church slash new home project to sign up and find more information about this mission project of Stony Brook. Also this year, our Christmas floral display is going to look a little bit different in light of our times. And rather than ordering a whole bunch of poinsettias like we normally do and then distributing them, uh, we are going to be paring down that uh, floral offering up front. And um, it will just look a little bit different. So this year, what we are doing is we are inviting you, the Stony Brook community, to make a financial uh, contribution to the floral display of $12 and you can still donate, uh, make your donation in memory of or honor of a loved one and then that list of names will be distributed later in the season. You can sign up through our weekly electronic uh, announcements or simply by calling the church office and they will help you. This year, our Christmas Eve worship services will be online only. We will be having uh, offering two uh, worship services, our contemporary service, which will premiere at 7 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And then our traditional worship service will premiere at 9 p.m. also on Facebook, YouTube, and our Stony Brook website. In an abundance of safety and caution, the planning team for this year's live nativity has uh, chosen to postpone our live nativity until Christmas 2021. Uh, we just want to make sure that everybody is safe and um, celebrates in the healthiest ways as possible. So you can stay tuned next fall to learn more about the live nativity and ways that you can be a part of this. After our introit today, we are going to be led in our Advent candle lighting by the Schwartz and Schmaltz family, Jeff and Tess, joined by children James, Liam, and Savannah. At this time, I would invite you to quiet your hearts and allow the prelude to prepare us for worship.
these words from Psalm 18. With, with the loyal, you show yourself loyal. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show yourself perverse. For you deliver a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. It is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lights up my darkness. By you I can crush a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The promise of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. there is light, dancing along, an invitation into the dynamic movement of love. Prepare our hearts to receive the unlikely and unexpected message of the light. We light this candle as a sign of the light to come. May it pierce through the dark spaces in our hearts, light us up as your beloved, and guide us in our witness of your love. The people who walk in the darkness will see a great light. For those who lived in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. created night and day and all of the lines and the shadows which fill in the spaces. Some of our days feel endless, O oh God, and some of our nights even longer. We're disappointed, exhausted, and at times filled with despair. Our hearts long for better days. When will it end? Where will it end? We miss our families, our friends, and gathering to celebrate this season. It's hard sometimes to do the right th thing, 
it's excruciating to be away from those that we love. Our minds, our bodies, and our spirits are weary, O oh God, from caring for others, for caring for ourselves, and for doing all that you call us to do. Our hearts long for better days. When will it end? Where will it end? But just when it seems as if we will be overwhelmed by despair and depression, there you are, your light shimmering in the darkness. You illuminate the love which surrounds us in our families and our friends who connect with us in new ways. Your light shines peace upon us when we experience quiet moments of reflection. You show up in our hearts, beckoning us to look for good in the world because it is there. When we turn outward to the world, we see the hope that you offer all around. The hope is there, lighting up the way for our hearts to be filled with nothing but you. We love you, God. We thank you for the ways that you offer hope to us. And we now join our voices together, praying the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Patience, Lord, when we pray. 
Would you hear these words from the Gospel of John in the first chapter? We'll begin with the first five verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? And now, almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant speak to these, your beloved ones, to whom you have given life, that their light might shine bright with the love of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. It was a very traditional dark night in the middle of the summer, and the college kids had gathered at some camping spot somewhere because they were going to be adventuresome and do an event around a campfire and spend the night in sleeping bags. Pastor, won't you come along? And I went, mm, no. I do like to say no once in a while. But I said, I'll come visit you. And they said, great, because we want you to talk about some spiritual issues that we're struggling with, and we'd like to hear what you have to say, and we'd like to do it around a campfire because, well, this is what we want to do. So out I went with all my notes in my back pocket, and I made it to the campfire before the dusk had settled in. After a fun time of doing s'mores and telling stories on each other, we then got to business and the presentation was made. And that was all well and good. It was kind of fun. They were responsive, asked good questions, which, by the way, anytime you have listeners asking questions, you're in good stead. Something's stirring. But then it came for me to go back to my car and go back home where I could crawl into my bed without a sleeping bag on it, and I was grateful. But, you know, for a kid that was raised camping, why I didn't think to bring a flashlight with me, I will never to this day understand why I did it. Bad, bad, think again. And so they said, here, take a candle. And I went, cool, got a candle. And off I went on paths I did not know, knowing that there was a car somewhere and my hope was to get there. Now, as I said, I'm a camping kid, born and raised in a sleeping bag. Um, I will not tell you some of the stories my parents tell about sleeping bags, but um, I had this candle, but I'd never walked a pathway with a candle. Lanterns? Absolutely. Flashlights? For sure. But not a hold-in-your-hand, one-light candle. Can I tell you some of the things that happen? Number one, the wax strips. Ask Brian about dripping wax in this sanctuary. He loves that fact with a growl in his throat. But it inevitably is going to um, drip onto you if you're walking along to any pace. The other thing is if you hold it in front of you, all your little eyes can see is the light of the fire and not the path where you want to go. If you hold it to the side, you can't manage it and understand what it's doing. The only place for a candle to illuminate your pathway, and, and there are songs, 
is high and lifted up. It's the only way it works. And so with my candle high and lifted up, I did find my way home. Candles offer us a powerful image of real beautiful power. And I love how in Genesis, God refers to the sun of day and the lesser light, the moon by night, and all the stars amongst it. Even a little light will go a long, long way. I love the saying that when it comes to candlelight, a candle sacrifices no light whatsoever by sharing it. It is the reason why romantically every church I've ever served loves that moment where you have the light of Christ and from the light of Christ all the lights are illuminated. And instead of the Christ light becoming less and less as it gets shared around, no, the brilliance of the power of the light of Christ shines forth in an incredible illumination. And you can feel it because at the end, as you sing the last verse, everybody lifts their candles high and lift it up. I've been um, having a lot of fun this year by exploring the menorah, its history, where it came from, the power of light of the menorah, and how it is the celebration of a little craft of oil being lighted on the lampstand where the reclamation, the reclaiming of the temple as a holy place after being totally disgraced, where this little cush of oil, only supposed to last one night, lasts eight until the new supply arrives, and it's a miracle and the people to this day remember this as a minor miracle, but one of great honor. Now, if you want, I can do the history of the Advent wreath because I had to do it when I was in seminary. Where did the Advent wreath come from and what does each candle mean and how it was designed really after the Lenten journey? It was second, not the primary. But don't ever discount light and where it shines. Don't ever discount light and where it shines. You must be especially taught to be attentive to the light of hope. Throughout this season of Advent, your messages and your practices will all surround the idea of waiting for this light that is to come, and the promise of how it is. I have a couple of stories in my life that celebrate people who taught me about what it is to trust in the light of Christ. The, the first one I want to tell you about is about Aunt Marian. The only thing that the fire at the church that burnt down, the only thing I truly mourned the loss of was a small, cheap wooden cross with a plastic green bead in it that Aunt Marion gave me the last time I saw her before can cancer took her from this earth. It was the only thing that set me to tears for you. See, Aunt Marion was the woman who taught me about grace. You know, love that comes undeserved. You can count on it. You can plan on it. You know it's there because it just overwhelms your sentence, your senses. All I can do is every time I think of Aunt Marion and Uncle Bill, I think of two people who loved this child, absolutely and forever, Aunt Marion and Uncle Bill were not related to me. 
In fact, the funny story of one of, of our family is that in the middle of a wonderful, fun family time, somebody talked to my older sister and said, I'm your uncle. And she goes, oh, that's all right. We have lots of fake aunts and uncles. For in our family circle, the light of life, the light of Christ was welcomed wherever it came. Whether it be blood or be beyond, the family was always welcoming. And I have so many aunts and uncles. In fact, <laughs> there's one called Uncle Bishburn. He was bishop. And he was one that lived down the street from us. And we dubbed him. Uncle Bishburn, and he smiled every time we said, who taught you about the light of love and the light of life? There was another one in my life. It happens to be a minister. Sorry, Pastor Jennifer. We are supposed to be lights. Reverend Bob Sherburn, he was the pastor of a very small Little rinky-dink, little small rinky-dink, so small that they would allow the little ones to join the adult choir because they, the kids at least made people smile. <laughs> Joy is like the rain. That little church is called Residence Park. It used to be an EUB church when I was there. But Reverend Sherburn somehow saw me amongst all of these kids and on the turkey night dinner where everybody had gathered into the fellowship hall, I got to sing, Joy is Like the Rain. He saw me. He knew my name. He allowed me to be me. I must tell you that one of the fundamental forces of my heart as a pastor is to engage all the children of the church and see them so that they might know that love is not something that is conditional. Love is something that comes simply because it comes from God. It is our privilege to love up the children in such a way that they know that they are seen. Reverend Sherburn taught us all what it was to not worry about money, to not worry about what we wore, to not worry if we were black and white, for in that church we were integrated and it took my adult memory to go back to the pictures of my childhood and go, oh my goodness, she was black. I didn't know that. People who taught how to be light. His name is Jim, was Jim Barrett. He also was a pastor because by that point in my life, I was hanging out with pastors way too much. And I go by Jim Barrett and I go, hey, Jim, how you doing? And I'm moving. And he goes, I'm good. How are you? I said, I'm great. Hey, we got to get together sometime. And he said, well, that probably won't happen. That stopped me. I turned around, I went back, I said, Jim, that wasn't very nice to say. And he said, well, Mary Jo, it's the truth. We talk about all the time about who we want to be with and share time with, and we never make it happen. Jim became one of my dearest friends because one day he said, I doubt you. In our friendship, I learned that his wife was emotionally so tender that a lot of the days of his lives were spent loving her in such a way that she could experience the light of love. And the day we broke bread at his house with his wife was the day that I learned in a new way 
what the covenant of marriage was all about. Who is teaching you about light? Who has taught you about life? This Lord that we call Jesus comes to each one of us individually and uniquely. Would you mind one more story? It was a moment in life where I was turning 40 years old. Oh my gosh, there's life after 40, folks. Amen. And I confess to you that there was no sweetheart on the horizon. And I had come to the decision that because of the way I do ministry, adoption probably would not be fair to the one who came to be a part of my life. So I decided that I was going to be single, and I decided that at the age of 40, you needed to start addressing the fact that you were not going to have your own little wee ones. So I gathered up the book of worship, the Bible, the hymnal, and a beautiful beeswax candle because I had become fascinated by beeswax candles. Because have you ever thought about the, all the work that a bee goes through to make the wax, to make it possible to shine the light? And if you attend to it well, a candle that is made of beeswax can completely surrender itself to the power of the flame until that moment when there is a last of smoke that ascends. I went into the sanctuary, a small little chapel sanctuary, and I lit the candle and put it on the altar, and I went, and for the next six hours I sat. I read every single prayer in the book of worship that had to do with death and dying. I read prayers I had never read before. I read every single scripture that was referenced in that book that would assist a soul with the reality of death. And for six hours I cried and I prayed out loud and I read the sacred scripture and I offered up a broken piece of me that said, and I will never be able to take my baby and place it in my mother's arms and smile at her and say, here is your grandchild. Finally, the words were done. The readings were done. The journal was done. The hymns were done. And I sat there and watched the candle. And it finally burnt itself completely out. <sighs> and it was well with my soul. What I didn't understand was how rare it is in our culture to acknowledge that there are ends in our life that when we honor them completely, we come alive anew. I spoke this witness of the beeswax candle. And a woman came up to me afterwards with tears pouring down her face. And she said, thank you. I now understand that there is life beyond death and hope beyond darkness and light in all things. Friends, maybe it's time to stop spelling COVID, capital C, capital O, capital V, 
capital I, capital D. Maybe we should surrender it to God. And know that in the midst of this sincere darkness, the light is coming. The hope does not reside only on this side, but that the life of Christ who came into this world to be with us in all the days is ready to teach us about the true gift of light. Amen. Amen. out of the light, and I am grateful. We know that through Stony Brook United Methodist Church, we are a power of light because you have made it possible. We are grateful. We appreciate the offerings that you bring to this, your church, to power it, to make it bright. We also know that there is a tradition here at Stony Brook that on the fifth Sunday of the month, we remember the United Methodist Children's Home and give thanks for its work. And we love being a part of its beeswax, its gifts, its offerings, so that it might burn bright for children and for the world. This would be the Sunday if you would like to offer your gifts they are seeking $5 a person. You give as God gives you. And you may find it at stonybrook.church give. What a privilege to respond to the invitation to faith, 
to life, to hope, to light by the offering of ourselves with the generosity that God has taught us. We are a grateful people. And now, let us receive this benediction. And instead of only seeing the light being on the altar, may we see it as the light that we shall lift up and carry high into this week, knowing that the one who brings life and love and hope goes with us. Amen.